Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, October 26, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? There's a laundry list on the docket today. The first thing we're going to do is start with the daily chart. We have what's called an on-time type of situation. What does that mean? It's something that's taught in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, where based on time and price, time is more important than price. What happened was the market today put in a sign and or signal of a trend change. They ran a test of a breakdown candle high. You see where today's high went? It goes on a straight line over around the highs of the breakdown candle high. They don't always get to the high. Sometimes they spike them through. But running a test in the vicinity of the high is generally what we're looking for in the big scheme of things. So let's see if we can put this together. On time type of situation, sign or signal of a trend change, both out of the course, lazy e-mini trader, running a test of a breakdown candle high in that same sequence of events, the same deal or package of information all at once. This is what creates our full stack situation. So what does that mean? Under normal garden variety situations, the market is likely to have more of a pullback from here. How much? We'll get to that in a moment. Now let's realize this doesn't mean that the run higher has to be over. They go up, they go down. They go up, they go down. This is still a bounce and a downtrend and they can still go up higher. They got to our first target, 385, 386. Today they got as high as 387.58 and we'll see when we get to inside the numbers why that number in and of itself was somewhat important. But keep in mind, from a visual perspective, the market could be doing a zigzag type of formation and they can continue the zigzag type of formation for a little bit longer, certainly into the election if they so choose. They don't have to and I'm not saying they will. I'm saying they can, we have to be aware of it. And so what that brings out is, How do we know that they're not doing the zigzag up any longer? Great question. Well, that brings up the first question that I haven't answered yet, which is how much of a pullback can we expect? Well, we don't know exactly, but we can put together some information on things that happen over and over again to deduce. How do you like that word? Deduce. Where they might go and also, more importantly, What keeps the current uptrend intact? Let's now deduce where that is. Let's bring back the visual again of the zigzag. So the market goes up and it has a pullback. It goes up again. Let's assume for a second, for the purposes of conversation, it's going to have another pullback, just like or similar to the first pullback, and then resume the uptrend one more time. Well, from a visual perspective and a symmetrical perspective, that makes sense. So let's go with it for a minute. Now, 
What's the number on the daily charter? What's the area there's probably two we can make a case for? I'm going with the most recent breakout area. Where is that? Right here. That's where the market busted above, and for them to come back and double-check the most recent breakout area is normal garden variety activity. What is that area? That area is 374, 375, somewhere in that ballpark. The actual high here is 375.45. Maybe they spike it in a little bit. But what would be important for them to continue closing daily above 375.45? Intraday, they can certainly do a dipsy doodle down below. But closing the day below would open the door for lower stuff and it would begin to take the concept of another higher low off the table. What do I mean by that? Low, higher low, and if we get the dipsy doodle, do we get another higher low somewhere in this neck of the woods? That's the broad concept. Put it on a sticky note. Along with 374, 375, give or take something in that ballpark. When you look at the weekly chart, what did they do? They ran up to touched or almost touched, however you want to look at it, it's good enough for visual purposes, the 20-period moving average on the weekly chart. This doesn't mean the short-term bounce is over. It can be over. We don't know. We'll use the other chart, meaning the daily chart and the numbers we just discussed, as our gauge. What about the flip side? Remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. The flip side is they go back up, they don't pull back any more than they had from an intraday perspective today. They get above this breakdown candle high at 389.31, and they begin another leg higher, whether it's for a few points or a mediocre amount of points. That would light a little bit of a match for likely another squeeze operation. I have the number. It's where I may be willing to, depending on how they get there, step in on the short side for another leg lower. Put that on a sticky note. How about inside the numbers? Now, this is going to be interesting. You might want to keep your sticky notes handy. I need you to understand how the market works, why the numbers are important, what the things we look at are, and why they're important, and how everything played a role today. If you're an intraday trader, you need to pay attention. This is how you make profits, stay out of trouble, know where your stops are, know where your exits are, and are able to participate. It's hump day. Last night, we got some important earnings reports from the likes of Google and Microsoft. The market didn't like what it had to say. Therefore, we've got red on the screen to start the day. Interesting tidbit. Camp IWM is waking up green. Now, this is posted long before the market opens, somewhere around zero dark 30. So that's one of the first things I saw. When I looked at my list of tickers and I look at the indexes or indices, which are all grouped together, and I see what's going on in the futures market and one market is green, I can't help but pay attention. All of a sudden, it's my favorite market leading indicator. So I'm noting it. I'm telling folks about it. It's important information. Forget where the market finished today. Focus on where the market traded to today. Now, pay attention to this. Sticky notes, please. Yesterday, the market broke out above an important spot, 381.50. 
This becomes our bare pivot where if below, the door opens for lower stuff. Now that ended up not happening. They tested it, they flirted with it. We'll get to that later when we get to the charts and some of the other stuff as the day unfolds. But think about when this is posted on the board. Now, here we go. Pay attention to this. What if they simply run a test of the most recent breakout area? We just had this lesson using different numbers on the daily chart. Now, what if they just do the same type of routine back down to 381.50? Well then, it was just a test and a garden variety pullback. The bull pivot is getting above yesterday's closing price, which is close to 385. Five minute chart, right of the vertical is today's activity. 381.50 is the horizontal line running across the screen. Now think about what happened. The market opened at 381.65, opening print. They run right down to run a test of 381.50. They hang out for a little while, stay above. They barely get below, just one time by pennies. And then what? Then they take off to the upside in the spirit of what? Running a test of the most recent breakout area and then having a successful test by staying above Bouncing off of it, the bulls take charge, and they have a rally. We talk about this almost every night, how to use the pivot. This is how to use the pivot. If they were getting below, we know the routine. It opens the door for a different type of market, so you know where your benchmark is. The hardest trade is, generally speaking, the trade to take at the right spot. Hey, you doing? Let's move along see what else we have. Now, if they were going to fall, we have to understand what's going on. So what I did was posted a food for thought early in the morning if they were going to go the other direction. You can pause the video and read this on your own. They didn't do it, but they were making a bearish pattern in the futures chart. So if that was going to play out, where would they be going? How about running a test of a breakup candle low? That's what this chart is saying. If symmetry and the breakup candle low were to come in together, that would have been an interesting spot for A, support, B, a bounce back up in the other direction. So I put the spy chart and I put the area where that would have put the equivalent in the SPY, which was down around 378. Well, that didn't happen, but it's just interesting because you have to look at everything you can during the pre-game or pre-market warm-up routine. That's how I was prepared today from an intraday perspective for the benefit of the traders in the live room and inside the numbers. The game was this. They were either going to stay above 381 and go higher, or they were going to get below, and that whole schematic I just laid out with the futures chart and the SPY chart down to 378, that would have played out on the flip side. So I already knew which schematics needed to be on the board. Now it was a matter of which one. All right, let's move along. See what else we have as the day begins to get underway. 381.50 is our pivot. Below opens the door for first 380. And then below, if they can try and rally and they stay above, guess what? 382.70 would be the first important spot with magnetic characteristics. What does that mean? By staying above 381.50, they get drawn up to or pulled up to 
likely overhead resistance. Let's go check that one out. Mind you, this is still before the opening bell. Same five-minute chart. Now the second line above is 382.70. What did they do? They bounced up and a little bit over 382.70. They came back down to do what? Run a test of the pivot below. And this candle at 10 o'clock in the morning was what? 381.49. How you doing? 9.32, there's your pop off the pivot. It all happened very fast. Above 382.70 on candle closes, opens the door for the next leg higher, 383.75, and they pushed up a little bit higher when they finally did go to 384. And of course, below 382.70 keeps the door open for another test of the pivot, which, as you saw just a moment ago, they did. Read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart to double-check the work. 9.55, as long as they're above the pivot, they can continue trying to bounce. Until they get above 382.70 on candle closes, they're not going anywhere. Below 381.50, and you know the downside, and there's your next pop-up to 383.75. Pretty interesting pullback right away. So we know that number's important, and then there's more evidence later when they start hovering around, eating time off the clock right around that number. They were building energy, and they did go higher. Where to next? 385, give or take. You know the routine. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. I want to show you one or two more important things, and then the rest you can check out on your own. 1023 post. And this was written early in the morning. Remember the zero dark thirding post. Camp IWM was diverging from everyone else. So something was up. You don't know exactly how it's going to unfold. Maybe the IWM comes back down. But at the time, that's the information we had. That was a divergence, positive divergence. So it gave me the idea it were just running a test of the most recent breakout area. And that's how you create and put together the stackable information. Pause the video. Read the notes. Now we're looking for a pivot morning high. Morning pivot high. Any way you want to look at it. So you start to think about where could they be going. 386 was a good spot. And then I had an interesting one that I did some number crunching. Here you go. In the big scheme of things, we're looking for a morning pivot high, either right around 386, which they already came up a little bit short, or a spike of it. Pivot high can mean they run sideways for a while with a slight pullback or a bigger retracement, maybe a higher low later. We don't know at the time, but these are just things that we think about based on the information we have at the time. They had a pullback in front of 386, so I did put out that it was a shortable area, but I wanted to short it with a spike of 386. I said maybe around 386.50. You see it in the notes. Pause the video and go back and read them. Then when they pulled back, they had like a 10-point pullback in the ES or the SPY was a dollar pullback. So I said, well, now I'd like them to go a little bit higher. They'll find a higher up there. Obviously, should have been, they'll find a high. I'm typing fast. Maybe now closer to 387. Even as high as 387.50 would be an interesting spot if reached in a hurry formation. Back to the chart. Look where the high is. 387.58. They did, in fact, 
put in a morning pivot high. They came down more than I would have thought at the time, but you don't know at the time. You have the information you have. What you have is the recipe for a morning high. Sometimes scalp trades with opportunity turn into really big trades. There were some traders that shorted the market up there. I don't love to short the market around lunchtime, doing other stuff. It's not my favorite thing to do to sit around in a quiet tape around lunchtime when they could simply have just run sideways. So that's the risk. It's the FOMO. It's the opportunity lost, which I don't care about. I don't get the FOMO, but I look at it after and say, well, I wish I should have shorted up there. Everybody does that. But it was the thing on the board. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. They put in the morning high and got on the down elevator. The door is open for 381.50. We don't know they will get there, but they can get there. That was at 126. 126 is somewhere up in this neighborhood here. They finally did get back and run a test of the same pivot. Do we think that number is important? Getting below that opens the door for the stuff we discussed in the front end of the video. Let's go and review stocks on the move. We had a nice big list today, and unfortunately only one hit its entry objective. It was a good trade, it was spot. The rest did not. Google jumped its first target, had a bounce. I had an accidental trade in Google. I'll make you laugh in a moment. And Mickeysoft just missed. They had a low, I think this was the candle low, 230.17 against my number, 229.95. That was a shame. Had a nice rocket ride away from there. This is what happened in Google. It was a no trade, but this is absolutely what happened. It was a little bit crazy. I fat fingered the entry for myself, meaning when I put a number on the board for you all, I put a line on my chart. So A, I know where the price is when I bring up the chart for trading purposes, and B, I can use it later in the video. This is what my chart looked like. I fat fingered 96.69. I put 95.69. Unfortunately, only for myself. I get it. You're saying, well, why didn't you put that for everybody? It was an accident. I just goes to show you that sometimes you make a mistake and you win. Sometimes you make a mistake and you lose. I didn't realize I made a mistake until somebody told me, hey, what are you talking about? Let's chalk one up for the good guys. Spot was the trade that Jordan and the room got. Other traders inside the numbers got it. 88.75 was the number. After they did the deal, they came down lower later, but the trade is over. We're not paying attention to that. They had a nice bounce off of it. The high here is 91.01. So if you think about it in terms of scalp trading opportunities, that's a nice, healthy bounce. It's called, in the trading parlance, a stand-up double. So we talked about Camp IWM and the little bit of a tell sign they gave this morning, and they also put in a sign and or signal of a trend change. Ran a test of a breakdown candle high. Now look at this one. The high here is 181.10. Today's high is 182.37. They spiked the high and came back in. So you see the difference. All the markets don't do the same thing that the other ones do. So the SPY came up short and had the same ending candle. The IWM spiked the same breakdown candle and they came down at the end of the day, they look very similar. Also, an on-time type of situation. What about the folks down at the transportation department? What did they do? They ran up to fill their gap up here and pull back. In the process, 
spiked through the 100 period moving average, finished with a positive day, canary in the coal mine, second favorite market leading indicator, both leading indicators were up. Now maybe they turn around tomorrow, maybe it's a tell of more upside to come. We have to put these on the table, they're all puzzle pieces. What about the Q people? How about a fugly for the Q people? They were having none of their breakdown candle high. That's where the breakdown candle high is. They didn't even get anything going today. They couldn't even get above yesterday's high. They were a failure on the back of Mickey Soft and Google and some other stuff that was down the end of the day. And we'll take a look at this later. The semis flipped over during the day. Everything kind of did the old rollover formation but the Q people were never able to get going. So you could say the tech space was essentially leading the market in the rollover formation today to finish all in the downward direction. XLF, another sign and or signal of a trend change. Everything looks very similar to each other. They're in a better position than other markets. Check them out in relation to the moving averages. They got above and they're so far staying above the convergence of the 150 period moving average. They're also above the 20 period, so they're in a better, stabler position than the other markets. I know there's no such word as stabler, I just made it up and put it on the board. Smash Mouth, still a crap sandwich in comparison to the financials for sure. This is a bearish, wedgish formation. You could call it anything you want, but until they get going and break down this type of pattern, this is going to result in another move lower. They can continue up for a while if the S&P and other markets are gonna bounce for a while, hold up somehow, some way into the election. They can certainly continue doing this dance, but until they do something different, this is what's going on. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not even possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.